Hello and welcome back to Beyond Boards, a podcast dedicated to the interests and actions of skaters beyond skateboarding. My guest today, Jan Xavier Horowitz, was born in Geneva, Switzerland, but has spent most of his life in South Africa where he grew up. He is first and foremost a very talented skateboarder, but he also has a strong interest for art, music and fashion, all of which he explores at large through his TV show A Simple Path, which takes him around the world to connect with the local skateboarding and artistic scenes. I had the opportunity to sit down with Jan to discuss the new adventure he's about to embark on for season 3 and 4, among other things. So here's my conversation with Jan Xavier. I hope you'll enjoy it. Thank you so much, Jan. It's an honor to meet you, virtually, at least for now. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, stoked to get to talk to you. I'm a big, big fan of your skating and Thank you. uh, everything you've been doing in the last few years. So, uh, I yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, honored to uh, chat with you. Thank you. No, it's cool. I had like a lot of good people or people that I respect in my life that messaged me about this whole thing. So, obviously, I, uh, I was quick to say yes. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Osh and Sam Maguire and all these, all these big... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked, oh, yeah. yeah. So usually I start my interviews just with the guest introducing himself or herself in a few words, like telling me where they're from, how they grew up, uh, and how they found skateboarding. So I know a bit about your life already uh, from interviews that I've read or, or listened to. So yeah, my first question is actually about your first name, because your, your full name is actually Jan Xavier. Uh, in French, it's Jan Xavier or Xavier. Yes, uh, that's how we say it, Jan, Jan Xavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I was wondering if you had any French origins, but then I, I found out that you're, I think your mom is from Switzerland and that's probably... Yes, that's uh, exactly how, where it's from. So my mom and dad left South Africa because the apartheid was happening. Right, um, okay. And my mom was holding protests at a university against the apartheid. So she was part of the revolution, you know, she was trying to fight this like really crazy racist regime that was suppressing the country. Yeah. And it got a bit too intense and she started getting death threats and she was told to leave the country. Oh, damn. So she had, she had the Swiss passport from her father and she decided to just take her and my dad to Switzerland and have, to have her kids there. So I was born in Geneva. Right, right, yeah. And at the age of three, so that's where the name comes from. So okay. Jan is funny because Jan is a deri- derivative of the Dutch name. And here it's quite a common name because of Afrikaans. Oh, yeah, well, so, yeah, it makes sense. Yes, of course. So the Dutch colonized South Africa and Jan is like a, a very, very cliche Afrikaans name. So they chose Jan, but the French version of it. So it was like, you know, double innuendo yeah. and it kind of like... Uh, they were like, born in Switzerland, we're going to raise them in South Africa. Let's fuck with people's heads a little bit. So it's a really, <laughs> good, conver- it's a, it's a really good conversation starter here because as soon as I say the word young, everyone thinks I'm automatically that I'm Afrikaans and Dutch. Okay, okay. And yeah, so they all start like rapping to me in Afrikaans and I'm like, oh, I'm kind of young. <laughs> and then Xavier, yeah, I'm going deep into the family history here, but like the, my, mom's, my, my mom was brought up very Catholic and my dad was brought up very Jewish. Yep. Okay. So my surname's very Jewish, which is Horowitz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my mom wanted to keep a little bit of like the her Catholic upbringing in my name. So Jan is like the French Easter egg. And then Xavier is like Saint Xavier, which is like, I think, a, a Catholic saint. Right, right, right. So that's where Jan Xavier comes from. And then the rest kind of follows. So okay. yeah, it's a, it's a really long, crazy, interesting one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not mad at it at all. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so it's a sick name. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate I don't think it. I've ever heard <laughs> any, of anyone actually other than you uh, with the, the, the name Jan Xavier. Uh, I mean, I know some Jans and some Xaviers. But and I, some Xaviers. Yeah. yeah. So my parents, my parents couldn't make up their mind. <laughs> so they just were like, okay, fuck it. Let's just like name them both. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you said uh, you went back to South Africa when you were three years old. Did I get that? Yeah. So Mandela came, Mandela came out of prison. And well, as soon as he was president, my mom and dad decided that they wanted to be part of this new South Africa. It was going through this massive change. And they were yeah. like, do you know what? Like, let's go back to this country we were brought into and let's just see how it grows as this new nation under the new ruling mm-hmm. without all the hatred and suppression and colonizers. 
So yeah, moved here when I was three. Uh, so I'm very much South African. You know, mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. the Swiss passport, but I'm the I'm the least Swiss person you'll ever find. <laughs> you know, I yeah. can't speak French or Italian or German. So it's been a wild and amazing and crazy place to grow up in. It's taught yeah. me a lot. Absolutely, yeah. It looks like a cool, cool. I mean, I've, I've been to South Africa years ago, but uh, I have a blurry memory of it because um, I used to work in the wine business. I was uh, kind of like a sommelier, oh. you know, like a like a wine waiter, basically. Amazing job. What are you doing yeah. in the skate industry? No, I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> exactly. well, no. The thing is, and and that happens uh, unfortunately a lot in the wine industry. Uh, I got very much into alcoholism as well, and uh, uh, okay. and so I had to quit drinking two years ago thanks to covid actually um congrats yeah congrats. thank you yeah it's funny covid did a similar thing for me like it did? It okay was, yeah, yeah yeah like first first day of lockdown i i was a heavy chain smoker for a long time oh yeah, yeah. um like pack and a half a day also drinking you know everything kind of like feeds into itself yeah, yeah and covid's silver lining for me was also like Stop drinking for a year and a half, stop smoking, and it was a good eye-opener, being like, oh, yeah. fuck, I can actually sit down and concentrate, and I guess concentrate on the things that I'm good at, mm-hmm. rather than, like, bad things that I'm good at. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. waste your time and energy doing stuff that are not yeah. that interesting in the end, yeah. But yeah, so no, I, I was just saying that because I, I actually did this master's degree in wine business and I went to South Africa to visit wineries out there. And so I was in Cape Town for around Cape Town for like a week and got to visit. Uh, I went to this amazing place called Cedarburg, I believe, which is like maybe two hours away from Cape Town. Or stunning, something. stunning part of the part of the country. Yeah, yeah it was beautiful. So I had a great experience, uh, a short, like a limited one, because I didn't do, didn't go to other cities than uh, Cape Town, which is a, I guess, a very special part of South Africa, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, so I loved it. But uh, I was since I was drinking so much at that time, I, w- I w- it's all kind of a blur, also. So, <laughs> I know. so yeah, I I do have memories of seeing amazing landscapes, of going to ta- uh, Table Mountain. Is that what it's called? Uh, yes. Cape Town? Yeah. 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 But I'd love to go back someday. I mean, it looks like such a beautiful country, so. Well, I mean, after this interview, after this interview, you're going to know my ins and outs and probably where I live. So just knock <laughs> on my front door. Absolutely. Whenever you're ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. So when did you start skating in the middle of all this? So, so you moved back to South Africa and... Um, yeah. And then you started skating a bit later, I guess. Yeah, so like... Funny enough, my cousin, who was like a lot younger than me, got a skateboard and I was like really jealous. And at that time, I'm not proud of this, but I was rollerblading and oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was also a gymnast. So I was right, slowly right. getting like groomed into being this Olympic gymnast. That was going to be like my career calling because I was really good at it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, gymnastics became very rigid and super linear. Yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah. stopped becoming fun and it was more like boot camp. I had this crazy Russian uh, instructor named uh, Arga. Okay. And he, uh, yeah, eventually I was like, oh, wait, this means like my life is going to be like this for the rest of my life. <laughs> uh, I need something that's going to like, you know, integrate more creativity and a little bit more freedom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my cousin got the skateboard and I was like, oh, that looks like fun. So I asked my parents, hey, can I get a skateboard? And they were like, only if you get straight A's in school. And I was like, well, fuck, okay. Uh, so that's a tough one. Ended up doing it. So I got my first skateboard at 10. Uh-huh. And that's when things just kind of like, I don't know. I think everyone and anyone that's kind of like still in the skating game now knows that first few months when you realize, oh, this is something I actually like, I want to invest a lot of time into. Because yeah, like, yeah. the possibilities were endless. And then like all the crazy characters I started to meet at like the local skate park, you know, just like, it was just this complete and utter like epiphany of like being like, oh, fuck, this is, this is what's going to make life interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started skating and, um, oh, actually I heard, I think I heard this in, um, another podcast that you did a while back that, uh, this Swiss guy, uh, Roland something, you ran into him at a skate park, like you, you rolled into Uh, him and he kind of, uh, gave you shit about it, Uh, but you were, sorry, I didn't, didn't, uh, you were, you were on your rollerblades and he was, he's a skater. And so he kind of gave you this like harsh look and told (laughs) you like to fuck off and, and that basically motivated you to quit, uh, rollerblading. So to put it into perspective, this guy Roland, you know, I was what, maybe 11 years old at this time. Okay. You know? And he was a scary looking dude. Like he was one of the older skaters, like jacked up, full of tattoos. Uh-huh. Um, and I dropped in on him, you know, like this is like young, like too young to realize what snaking is already. Yeah. 
Uh, I snake him on, on my blades and he like hunts me down. He grabs me by the scruff of my neck and he's just like, he's like, you do that again? I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> also, if I see you back at the skate park with your rollerblades again, I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> and I never went back with my blades and in a way it was one of the best things that ever happened you know like <laughs> yeah. it was just it was so funny and then like we we were actually really really good friends after that funny enough okay. like he ended up becoming like one of my like mentors in a weird way you know the universe provided that day i think i yeah. had to i had to i that was the last time i had to fucking fruit beat my way through a bowl you know? yeah he, he scared scared you out of a rollerblading yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny Yeah, yeah, Roland. Roland was a was a really good dude. He unfortunately passed away quite a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's definitely still in our thoughts and in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you skated growing up, and and so uh, just curious to ask about like your influences, your, maybe your first influences for your skateboarding. Because you, I like the way you skate because you skate everything basically. Like you'll skate banks, yeah. uh, rails, whatever, whatever is in your path. Very versatile yeah. and. Um, That seems to be a bit more common nowadays, but even like uh, maybe five or 10 years ago, like people would stick to like, uh, I don't know, rails or manuals or curbs or something, you know, but you skate everything. And so, so yeah, just basically who have been some of your early skate influences and, and who kind of uh, showed you this uh, or influenced you in this way of skating everything and, and having an open mind about it, basically. A lot of my influences in skating, especially from a young age, weren't the guys that were like the best at skating. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the best street skaters, or the best vert skaters, or the bestest. It was more of the guys that had like personality. So yeah. it was guys that expressed themselves through fashion, through persona mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, Ali Balala was one of the big ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Corey Duffer was a big one. Mm-hmm. Um There was a couple dudes on Black Label at that time. Um, Ragdoll, maybe? Not Ragdoll. He was the guy with like the crazy gypsy hair and he always wore like the like golfing vests. Uh, Patrick Melt? Oh, sure. um, no? no. Well, Patrick Melt was also up there. But um, Louis, Louis Boleda was also a really oh, big yeah. inspiration for yeah, me. Yeah, he's sick. So yeah. it was more about the guys that like made it their own. So like really good skaters, but it wasn't technically perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had a lot of personality. So, That's it. So, like, for me, I was like, okay, cool. So, like, skating isn't just about actually being the best. It's not about being technically amazing. It's also just about, like, being yourself. And, like, it was, like, this eye-opening thing of being like, okay, cool. This is, like, a a form of, like, physical expression Mm -hmm. rather than... Yeah, rather than having to train to do the perfect kickflip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, through that, like, I kind of grew up in a park that was really heavily uh, transition-based. So there was a lot of bowls and mini ramps and everything. So like that's where like the transition aspect comes into it. Mm-hmm. And then in South Africa, skating streets really hard. Like the infrastructure here isn't as good as like you would find it in like Europe or the States. Mm-hmm. So I grew up skating really rough spots my whole life. So you have to adapt. Yeah. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect handrail here. There's no such thing as a perfect set of stairs. Right. You have to dodge the fucking crazy pothole in the way and broken glass and mm-hmm. this. And it's like, I feel like that's where the versatility comes from. So, yeah. you know, you kind of just have to make do. Like, we don't have all the options that you guys have over there. Uh-huh. So you have to just make, make do with what you have. Yeah, yeah. So it was like the mixture of having those, like, crazy... And I guess pro skaters with like persona and where I grew up skating was the amalgamation of how I skate now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way. It's interesting that you mentioned also Ali and Corey, for example, because they also had a, a they were super into fashion, I guess, uh, or they, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and then that's something that's become important in your life as well. But uh, yeah. And so one question that I had was uh, also about skating in South Africa when you were starting. Uh, what was the like the general perception of skateboarding at that time uh, versus nowadays? Is it has it become has it evolved at all, or was it already kind of uh, an accepted activity, so to speak? Or to be completely honest, it's almost devolved in a sense. Oh, really? So I think when I grew up skating, it was a little bit more acceptable. And I think there was like, there was a lot more money being pumped into the industry. And it seemed like it was, you know, like, I guess people were, were very optimistic about it. Skaters or non-skaters, because there were so many events happening, you know, people would come watch these skate events and it was like, you know, eye-opening. And somehow like, this is just like my personal opinion as well, you know, you yeah, don't have to take it, of course. You don't have to take it to heart. But I just feel like, In this country, it isn't, it isn't exactly respected. I don't think people understand it completely. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I could walk down the streets, you know, I think yeah, anyway, it's probably the same, you know, I walked on the street without my skateboard and people will treat me completely differently than if I was, had my skateboard in my hand, you know, yeah. it's like, like, like here we'll get chased away from a spot before the junkies do. So like they'll, there'll be a guy like shooting up right next to us, but he's allowed to stay there all day and do his thing. And we'll be the ones, the security will come to us and chase us away. Mm-hmm. So what we do is still very much not like not understood. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. very, like very not understood. Uh-huh. And I think um, through South African culture, it's also, it's quite a conservative culture. So I think skateboarding is looked at as very like unconservative. Yeah. So, you know, I think people don't want their kids growing up skating. You know, they want them to like lead a uh, fruitful but also boring life. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't yeah. fucking know. But yeah, it's like, it's weird. Like, like when I come out to Europe to come visit friends and skate there, like there is, it's so cool. I, 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 I definitely feel a lot freer there. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have to constantly watch my back and I don't get met with as much aggression. Okay. You know, so here someone will come up to you and before having a conversation with you, like a human being, they're going to come at you and scream at you, you know, come at you with a stick and be like, get the fuck away. Like this and you know, like energy meets energy and it's, yeah, I don't know. I think South Africa still has like a long way to go, but saying that the skate community here is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like it looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many amazing like young kids coming up, like Alex Williams, Ethan Kahn's, Devandre. There's like, we're all, we're all pushing each other to, to be better. And through um, globalization, being so f- disconnected from the world was a big problem for a long time. So trying to make it in skateboarding, being from South Africa was like next to fucking impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to move to Europe when I turned 18 just to like network and do my thing. But now because of globalization and the internet, it's like so much easier to like actually like be there for people and make sure that they're like on the right path so they can... I don't know, push themselves and be in the right direction. And I feel like that's what South African skateboarding is about. It's like, we all just want to see each other, like, succeed. Yeah. And proceed. So, um, you just mentioned Europe. So, I think you were in London for a bit. Maybe you went to Barcelona. I don't remember in which order. But uh, was it like a year, two years? I don't remember exactly how long you stayed before you went back to South Africa. So, moved to London. I stayed with family friend for a bit who introduced my parents to each other in university and i stayed with him and his husband which was actually a good uh, good thing for me because i was still in the closet at the time so it was right. a good way to be immersed in this you know like married life uh, like you know like i went told my whole life that like being gay wasn't normal or i wasn't going to live a normal life but next thing i'm like living in this house in london and it's completely normal yeah and perfect yeah, yeah. Must have been uh, refreshing to, to see. It that. was yeah. very refreshing. It was good. It was like, that was like one of the turning points of me, like starting to like decide to come out and to start talking about these things. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Barcelona because, you know, every fucking young kid's dream is go to Barcelona. Specifically, you know, at that point in time, like any skate video you're watching, like flip sorry, you know, it was just littered with Barcelona spots. Right. So moved to Barcelona. I ended up staying with Winkle. I don't know if you know Winkle. Yeah, the filmer. I, I don't know him personally, but I know of him. Yeah. 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 I'm going to give a shout out to Winkle quickly. Like, yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> but um, yeah, I ended up staying with him for basically seven or eight months in Barcelona. And I met amazing people along the way, met... So many, so many, so many good people. And eventually Barcelona got the better of me. You know, I was very young and very broke. And I couldn't, I couldn't speak the language. So I couldn't get the, the, the work, the work that I needed. Okay. So I went back to London and my idea was go to London, make some pounds and then keep traveling. You know, I was like, I'm going to make all these pounds and I'm going to keep doing my thing. And London just ends up like London has a good way of like sucking you in. Well, it's super expensive. and uh, It's yeah. so expensive. And the next thing I had my like, you know, insurance number, my lease. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like the idea of like leaving London became really hard because suddenly I was in debt. It was like, whoa, it's like this happened really quickly. Uh-huh. And um, I ended up becoming really tight knit with like a lot of the South London crews. So it was Brixton, Stockwell, Brixton's baddest uh you know like when i was there skating all those dudes were kids and they used to come to my place like in tooting broadway and we'd all just like smoke weed and play video games and do all the, <laughs> you know all the classic things but it's so it's been so cool to watch them grow up like even if it's been from from a distance yeah it's i'm so proud of all those dudes for holding it down big ups to south london <laughs> 
But um, yeah, and then eventually my dad called me and he was like, you got, in, you got accepted into university here. Maybe you should come home and study. Okay. And I liked the idea because I was so fucking poor in London. I was like so broke all the time. And no matter how hard I worked, I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah. And my escape career kind of just started at this point in time in London. Mm-hmm. But I was just weighing up my options and I was just so done and being so hungry like all the time. And my dad, my dad made, made a deal with me. I was like, listen, like, I know you want to stay and I want to keep doing this. But if you come back, I'll pay your rent while you study, you know? Okay. So moved back to Cape Town. Well, moved to Cape Town to study after that. I did uh, sound engineering for a year. And yeah, that was my, my first run with Europe. Okay. And so, so you, you mentioned sponsors. So I saw footage of you skating in Adidas shoes. And I know that you wrote for a company called Familia. I don't know if it's Familia Skateboards or just Familia. But um, yeah, so, so how did you first get hooked up? Did that happen in South Africa? Or did that happen when you were in Europe? Or So Familia actually started in South Africa. And a few of the guys that owned the company moved to London. So it became, I think half the guys that own the company lived in South Africa, half the guys that own the company live in London. And the company and what it stood for always like really intrigued me. Mm -hmm. Like the art direction behind their graphics and how like underground they were. And I don't know if you ever watched a video called Bang Chong. I don't think so, no. Uh, please do yourself a favor and like try find it online. It's like one of the best South African videos that's like that's ever come out. It's just, like the music, cho- like you know, like the score, the music choice, yep. the the cinematography. It's all just perfect. Cool. And when I was in London, I I started skating with the guys, and I was like, please, like, what do I need to do to get on the team? And they they took me skating for a few few weeks, and I obviously did something right. Yeah. If I just charmed the pants off them, or I was actually good <laughs> at skateboarding, I don't fucking know. But they put but yeah, you on. Like, yeah. so, so that's when Familiar started in London and it was a really good time. And then I started skating for Converse out there. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah, so Converse took me on a couple trips and I wasn't exactly on the team. I was like the, the weird cousin, like the <laughs> South African cousin. They would like come along on trips and I'd just get like shoes every now and again. Okay. Yeah, and then I, I'm, I'm pretty sure as soon as they like were about to put me on the team, I just left London and I didn't tell anyone. Like I literally, I packed my bags, I left and I started getting emails like a few months later being like, hey, there's shoes waiting for you. Like, what's happening? Where have you been? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm <laughs> studying. I'm studying back in South Africa. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so after that, you started skating for Vance and then Antihero came into the picture as well. But that, yeah, yeah. That, that must have been more recently, but it's been like maybe four years or something, five years. I don't know. So I've been on Vans. Shit, it's like time is so like. Haven't you found that like since COVID's happened, it's really hard to like put any time stamp on anything. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's so weird because now I have to like add two years to yeah, what to life was like before COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's probably been like yeah, it's probably been like five, four, five years okay. on Vans. Before then, I was on Adidas for about four or five years. But um, this this move to Vans has really like really helped me out. I think um, the Vans family treats you like one of their own. Mm-hmm. They're very much about like helping their riders progress rather than treating you like a number or yeah. you know a spoiled kid that just wants stuff. So Vans happened and through them wanting to look after me, they've given me a lot more freedom to start traveling again. So I've been traveling a lot more. Yep. I went to Helsinki Hellride and it's just been it's just been such a breath of fresh air to be able to go see friends again in Europe and see the world. And through doing that, I did Pushing Borders in, in Malmo. Yes, yes. I saw you were on a panel um, Yeah, I, with I was on a Sam panel with like uh, Leo, yeah, yeah. Leo Baker and Sam. And like, yeah. I was so fucking fun. And then that's where I met Jim. Jim Thibault. Yeah. So that's where I met Jim. He found me in the crowd with like a, a list of names on this piece of paper. And he was like, is this you? And like, <laughs> my name's on the top of this list. I was like, yeah. He was like, I've been dying to meet you. I want to talk to you. I would like to put you on like the roster to like get some anti-hero gear. And like, yeah. when I heard that, my eyes like lit up. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You go get a beer right now. <laughs> you know, anti-hero is just like, I mean, it's undeniable. Anti-hero is like just one of the coolest, like coolest companies ever. Absolutely. And since then, like I've just kind of kept this really good relationship with Jim and he's just like, he'll email me. He's like, what do you need? And it's so cool. Like a box will be waiting at my house a week later. And cool. yeah, I'm just really grateful. And, you know, once again, just getting yourself out there and keeping an open heart and open mind will get you into the right direction with the right people. And that's how, that's how I met Jim. Which is so yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, and the anti-hero makes a lot of sense for your skating. I mean, as I mentioned before, uh, you're like an all-terrain skateboarder and, yes, and yeah. uh, super energetic. So yeah, it just makes, it matches definitely your style, your aesthetic. Thanks, Quentin. Oh, oh my pleasure. <laughs> full of compliments, full of compliments tonight. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you make a man feel special. <laughs> So uh, if we can, uh, I'd love to talk about you coming out as well. So for sure, I heard about you coming out through the the Pride video that Vance released. Uh, I think yeah. two or three years ago, something like that. Yeah. But you actually came out a bit before that, like uh, I think almost ten years ago or something, or maybe even yes. more. I don't know. Can you tell me a bit about your coming out story? Because uh, I, I also heard that you came out to your your family first and then to your friends. And so I'd be it's a really good story. I can give you like the whole story. Yeah, please, please. Okay. Let's, let's do it. So like, I realized I was gay from a really young age, like from 10 years old, 11 years old. I kind of just like knew it, it just kind of clicked. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had to suppress it due to outside circumstances, which is like friends, uh, society, you know, realizing that like maybe if I had to talk about this now, I would either like put myself at risk physically, you know, like I think the early 2000s uh, was a different time for yeah, sure. You know, like, like these days it's a lot easier because the world's a lot more open the world's you know like uh, there's a there's been a lot of uh, a lot less stigma against uh, the queer community umbrella. yeah yeah yes so i made a promise to myself i was like cool i'll keep this a secret but at 21 years old i'm coming out so no matter what the fuck happens i'm going to tell someone that i'm gay okay and now i've turned 21 and i'm trying to like figure out how I'm going to do this. I'm like, okay, shit, it's crunch time. Mm -hmm. So I take my sister to this club in Durban, which is my hometown. It's like the upper east coast of uh, South Africa. Right, right. And I, was, I gave them each like an ecstasy. Okay. I was like, I was like we're taking ecstasy tonight. So we all take ecstasy and I'm waiting for the ecstasy to be rolling in. Mm -hmm. And then like I find them on the dance floor. Actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping a bit of the story. One of my sister's friends come up, comes up to me and he goes, hey, like these two girls are like looking at us. We should go, we should go chat to them. Oh yeah, and like checking like us my, out. Or, that yeah, was yeah. my breaking point. I was like, I'm so tired of pretending <laughs> to be into fucking women. So I like find my, I find my sister on the dance floor and I'm like, I'm gay. And she like, she can't hear me because the music's so loud. So she's just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm like, I'm gay. <laughs> she's like, oh my God, that's, That's so cool. <laughs> and we ended up like dancing and crying at the same time for like an hour. Yeah. With, like me and, me, me and my two sisters. And so I, I came out at 21 to my sisters first. Okay. Then the next day it was like my parents, which was like my mom and dad, which was also like just as tough. There was a lot of crying sure. for like three days. Because mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's quite an intense and liberating process uh, situation to go through like everyone has their own journey when it comes down to like being in the closet or you know like everyone has their own reasons for being in the closet in the first place of course you know? yeah. it could be religious reasons it could be because of your parents for me it was a it was an internal struggle so uh -huh. i learned how to hate myself enough to not want to do anything about it and so this whole experience of like saying these words for the first time was so intense you know? oh, it sure, was like yeah. this outer body experience of like just feeling so light that i couldn't even like get myself off the ground so it was like this juxtaposition of happiness and sadness and you know all these like emotions that i had to bottle up for what 11 years yeah all came out in one go no it must have been and super intense uh, kind of yeah know. like but it's, it's like you know what like For anyone that like needs to like come out the closet or needs to hear this, it's probably one of the most liberating, but also one of the most hardest things that like someone can do. But very shortly after that, I took my time, but then I, I started telling people in the skate industry, you know, mm -hmm. close mm -hmm. friends. And soon after that, like our local skate mag session came out, oh, well, came to me. Yep. And was, they were like, hey, listen, uh, we've been told the news and we feel like it's really important for you. Yeah, to, to say it out loud um, to the skate community. Yeah, they were like, they were like, we love you, and we feel like you're the right person to actually start this conversation. Yeah. So I came out publicly in an interview that same year, which okay. I'm really proud of. You know, so it was like, it was like family, friends, skate community. You know, it all just came out in one go. Mm -hmm. I'll try find the interview for you. If yeah, you, I'd, if I'd you love want to see it. It's for like sure, it's yeah. a really interesting read because you know, like it's 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 about 10 years ago, so it's always fun, like also looking at where my mind was at back then. Yeah, you know, like and how much I've grown and changed since then because I was still very scared, but I was brave enough to to be willing to talk about these things. Take a leap of faith and yes. Uh... So I think that was a very long answer for your question. But... No, that's great. <laughs> I love it. 
I don't think many people had come out in the skateboarding industry at that point. I mean, Brian Anderson came out, I think, maybe five years or six years ago. So that was after you. It's really funny, like, there was always rumors with Brian Anderson. So even being a young skater in South Africa, it was this thing going around, uh, being like, oh, like, Brian Anderson's gay, all this kind of stuff. And obviously, I had to, like, he instantly became my hero. Cause I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, I hope he's fucking gay. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's just so funny, because, like, I was so happy to, like, be reassured that it was actually the case. Because, you know, like... In certain friend groups, it was, like, probably uncool to like Brian Anderson because he was possibly gay. Oh, really? That made me like him more, if you know what I mean. Like, I fucking always root for the uh, alternative and the underdogs and yeah, yeah, yeah. everything else. But, yeah, I think Brian Anderson came out, what, five years after me in that interview? Maybe in 2017, yeah. around there. Yeah, yeah. So you came out to your family, to your friends, then to the skate community in South Africa. And I was curious to know how, how was the reception, basically? I, I'm sure it must have been very positive and welcoming, but uh, were there people that were a bit uh, afraid, maybe? Or did you have any negative feedback there's, from that? Or There's always going to be those few, you know? And, like, I had got myself so mentally ready for, for that situation. Uh-huh. And I'm very lucky that the few that, like, didn't agree with it were people that I actually didn't really care about. So, like, all the people that were, like, were really special in my life and all the people that I really wanted to keep in my life, they were all the ones that were, like, who cares? They were, yeah. like, that changes nothing. Sure. Like, it almost makes you cooler. Like, thank you so much for opening <laughs> up. Like, this and that. And I was, like, oh, my God. Like, can someone please tell me to go fuck myself? I, like, I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. And it just didn't come. And then, you know, like, people come out the woodworks and... Ugh, do you know what? Like, even to this day, like, any anything I release online, there's always going to be, like, hate mail. There'll always be people, like, sliding into the DMs being, like, you Still today? in hell. Dude, all the time. Like, oh, dude, damn. like, the, the hateful shit that people can spew online is, like, insane. But it kind of fuels me, in a way. Like, people always say, don't read the comments. I read the comments. Mm. You know? Like, I'm never going to start a fight in the comments. But I just feel like, That's it's nice to know it. that, like, it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. But... I was very fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of people that believed in me. So yeah. my reception, my coming out reception was glorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looks like it, yeah. So uh, while you were growing up and maybe still in the, cl- in the closet, um, probably one thing that you didn't want was to be known as a gay skateboarder, so to speak. Yes. Uh, and you wanted to be recognized and acknowledged for your talent as a skateboarder. Yes. Which is obvious, but uh, so so did you kind of do this consciously to kind of solidify your reputation as a really good skater before you came out? Or was, was it not really strategized like that? Or It was weird. Like, I just felt like very quickly... The only thing that people wanted to talk to me about was my sexuality. And to me, you know, yes, I came out in the skate interview and I started this conversation, but I realized that, like, you know, sexuality and skateboarding are completely different things. Well, yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> it shouldn't matter, like, who you're fucking or what you're fucking behind closed doors. Um, there should be times, places and times for these conversations. So I started getting, like, baited into these interviews that they wouldn't tell me exactly, you know, like, they'd be like, oh, we're going to interview you about skateboarding. And then the entire interview would be literally about, about the fact that you're gay. Yeah. The fact that I'm gay. And then that kind of, like, left this weird sour taste in my, my, my mouth because mm-hmm. integrity is, like, real. You know, you want to, you know, I wanted to be seen as something more yeah. Oh, yeah. than clickbait, than someone that can get you the, the reads or the likes or this. Of course. So this is like still when I was very young, you know, so I, I, I try to steer away from becoming, let's just say the spokesperson. Yeah, yeah. But I was never against it. And I guess I needed a few years to like collect myself and then fall in love with myself again and mm-hmm. then figure out that like, oh, wait, you know what? It's a good thing to have a voice. Yeah. And if people are listening, then you might as well actually use it. Because all I needed was someone like me when I was growing up to be saying these things. You know, yeah. like, like I, I, I never had model. one. That's the thing. Like I had no one like in media or in interviews that I was like being introduced to that was a role model. That was saying the things that I needed to hear to make my life easier. So mm-hmm. a few years ago, I made the conscious decision to be like, you know what? Like, fuck that. I'm actually being selfish by like... But not actually tapping into this into this thing where it's like I've gone through things that like a lot of people haven't. So mm-hmm. 
why not be able to be be the one to educate and enlighten and just you know speak my truth and hopefully help some young kids going through some going through some shit figure themselves out mm -hmm. yeah so that's a bit more recently but then there was this piece the vans piece um pride yeah so tell me about that project how did that happen did they approach you to do it and um how did it all take place basically so i was working on a on a part with a friend a really good friend of mine you bad von starden so he was one of the first people to call me when i came out and he was like we love you don't worry you know like he's been one of those like real ones from day one yep and i was in malmo this is actually during pushing borders right right and uh sam sam maguire and i went to like a sauna for a bit and then like After the sauna, I was like, hey, like, check this part I'm working on. And I showed him the footage and he was like, holy shit, this is like really good. Let's pitch this to Vans and let's actually just turn it into something. He was like, let's yeah. just not let this part get lost into the ether of the internet. And Sam is like one of my biggest role models when it comes down to like, uh, I guess, queer identity and uh, being gay. Because like he, he found my interview, my coming out interview uh, when I was 21 online and it inspired him to come out. Oh, really? After. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So he like, he manifested me into his life in a way where he was like, I need to meet this guy. And from the first day we met, we've like been tight, like very tight. So he was like, you haven't done this right yet. He was like, let's do like a proper coming out video. It's not like you're coming out for the first time, but it's just about coming out. It's about right. like, yeah, it's about just opening up and love and life. Yeah. So we went on a trip together to Cape Verde and Senegal. Okay. Okay. And from Cape Verde, Sam followed me to Cape Town over Christmas and New Year's. And we filmed the entire film in like seven days with Robin Pellier. I don't know if you met Robin yes. before. No, no, no. But he's a, he's a, I, I know he speaks French, but I don't, I don't know if he's yeah, French. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We had like a very loose idea of what we wanted to do. Like Sam wanted to give me a lot of freedom and, you know, it was essentially my project. And he was just like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, which direction do you want to go? And I was like, do you want, let me just tell you, let me just like sit down with the camera and a microphone and I'll just talk about like what it was like being in the closet and having to come out of the closet because that's where most of my struggles came from mm -hmm. was like me battling my own identity. And it was just really beautiful to see how like we created this, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm very, like, I know it's called pride. So it's really cliche to say, it's really cliche to say I'm proud of the project. Yeah, no, no, but uh, I, I can understand why. Yeah, I'm extremely proud of it. You know, it's like, it's not easy talking about your sexuality all the time. For sure. There's like a lot of trauma that comes with what you go through as a queer person. And every time you talk about it, you end up revisiting these things. So you have to yeah. like connect with the side of yourself that you don't necessarily liked, but that side of yourself has taught you so much. It's helped you become who you are now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. Like, it just seems like being a queer athlete or being a queer skateboarder, I tend to come out all the time. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of interviews, you talk, you end up talking about it a lot. So it's, It's probably not going to be the last time I have to come out. Yeah. <laughs> But as long as it's for the greater good, I really don't care. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that piece was so sick. Uh, your part was incredible. You. And that, yeah, it was... Appreciate uh, it. It was really well made and, and touching. And, and uh, also just in general, an amazing skateboard part, you know. So, yeah, you definitely nailed it. So I've got another part coming out in like two weeks. I think you'll really Oh, like really? It. It involves a green a green screen and just really fun skating. Okay, amazing. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so silly and so fun. Oh, sick! Yeah, that was something I was gonna ask you later if you were filming a part right now. But yeah, so amazing, cool. In two weeks from now, so wait, we're so, so end of April. It's either gonna it'll either be released next weekend or the next weekend. So two weeks is like worst case scenario. Okay. But yeah, it's just been, it's been something I've been working on with you bad again. And yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. That's all I'm gonna like put put out <laughs> is. I like the the quirky side of skateboarding. So, you know, like in the, like the 90s and the 80s, there was that side of like skate culture, which was like a lot more like stylized in ways of like when it comes down to film. Mm -hmm. You know, there was like skate videos that had like a beginning and an end when it came down to like story, like like a storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is literally a three and a half minute part. So I'm not going to say it's a full length feature film, but it's just going to make you laugh. Okay. And I feel like that's important. Yeah. Oh, it is. Especially in, in these times, for sure. Yeah. I look forward to that part. Yeah, that's super sick. Thank you.
And so you've been in a, a TV show called The Simple Path for the last few years, where you traveled to different locations in Africa and um, in Europe. Oh, and also in Southeast Asia. I think you went to Indonesia, yes. to Bali yes. and um, Jakarta. And so I was wondering how, how that project came along. And, and yeah, can you tell me just about the genesis of it all, basically? So, funny enough, I'm going to mention COVID again. Everyone hates it, but mm -hmm. I'm going to mention it. It was like maybe four months into a lockdown here. Okay. And I was about to lose my flat. You know, like there's no work. I couldn't do anything about it. And a friend of mine, Brett Shaw, um, who's one of my mentors growing up skating in Durban, he called me and he was like, I don't know what to do. I'm losing money and I'm binding it to my savings. Like, let's figure something out. Like, yeah. he was like, you're really good in front of the camera. You're charismatic. Let's like film a pilot for a, for a travel show revolved around the skate community. And I'll send it to the right people and hopefully they, they buy it. And I had nothing else to do. So I was like, do you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. So we shoot the pilot here in Cape Town. We pay for the whole pilot out of our own pockets. And he sent it all to the right people. And two months later, he's like, I get a message from Brett Shaw. And he goes, pack your bags. Uh, they just bought our TV show. Sick. So we filmed two seasons, the only two seasons that we filmed so far, last year during the pandemic. Oh, so it was in a short amount of time then? We started shooting in April and we finished shooting in about August, September. And we filmed two seasons in that space of time during a pandemic. It was exhausting. Oh yeah, I'm sure. But probably like the most fun I've had in a long time. Mm -hmm. And we just got season three and four, Green Flag Now. Um, awesome. So I leave... I think end of May, we're going to do five episodes on the East Coast of the States and five episodes on the West Coast of the States. So like we Amazing. just decided to like, yeah, like the States is like some uh, is a place I haven't got to spend time time in yet. And I decided it would be like a really cool way to actually just like, em like embed myself on this like colossus giant of, a, of the skate industry. Yeah. And I don't know, meet like minded creatives and people that I want to drink with and have fun with. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, all of the episodes, but I, I watched um, the one in Jakarta, the one in um, Switzerland, and another one, I don't remember where, uh, maybe, oh, the one in Cape Town, actually, the very first one, I guess. They were super entertaining, and, and as you said, I liked that uh, it's not just about skating, it's about the community and, like, um, the more creative side, side of it, and including, like, music and arts and like uh, starting your own business and stuff like that yeah so yeah it's a great concept and i'm happy to hear there's going to be two other seasons that's uh, really cool i'm also really i'm so happy that there's two like you know like, it was one of those things i was like i really hope this isn't like a one-off one-off gig like it's something that I, it's something that i'd like to like keep exploring yeah because just to be able to like i guess like not just like be a journalist for um, journalist is a strong word but to do a show that's revolved around not just skating but like the creative side of skating so it's like creatives within the skate community which is already a creative community mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just a really nice way to actually meet like the people from like ground level and like i said like skating is not about like following the best or being the best it's, no of course it's, yeah it's community based it's it's about family it's about creating a space that you feel comfortable in mm -hmm. and yeah I think I'm just very grateful for being able to like be immersed in all these different families and, and um, crazy people's lives around the world. And so, so you said, so it's going to be East Coast and West Coast? Yeah, so we, we, we start on the West Coast. So it's going to be LA, San Jose, San Francisco, uh, San Diego, and then the wild card is Phoenix. Oh, nice. Interesting. We just want to do one desert episode. I love the desert. And I was like, we have to do, we have to go to at least one desert town. Okay. And then from there, we fly to the East Coast. And then we're going to do like Philly, Delaware, Brooklyn, New Jersey. And then New York's the last stop. Okay. But then I'm going to spend an extra month or two in New York, I think. I have family there and Leo, Leo Baker's there. Yep, and yep, I just kind yep. of want to, I just want to go immerse myself in the, in the big bad city for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. New York is sick. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. You have no idea. I'm like... <laughs> exciting yeah i can't wait to see it all yeah. Yeah. it's gonna i'm gonna have to wait a little bit but uh it's gonna be worth it for sure Skateboarding has evolved a lot in the last few years um, regarding, well, uh, the LGBTQ community. At least from, a, from an exterior point of view, it looks like it's become much more inclusive. For example, a few days ago, the brand Dare Skateboards just released a full video with only queer skaters on the team, Yeah, uh, which is sick. It's, uh, I don't think that's ever been done before. 
Never. And uh, female skaters are getting much more shine than they were uh, even three or four years ago. And so I was I just was just curious to hear what's your perspective or your take on this whole evolution since you started skating. Like, I couldn't be any prouder. It's just been so beautiful to watch, like, the skate scene evolve to what it is. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just so proud of, like, the younger generations for being so willing to be open-minded and to change ideas or I feel like all these older morals and ideologies are kind of like slowly getting pushed out of the window and it's up to the younger generations to 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 make the change happen yeah and I've been watching it happen before my eyes and it's just like so inspiring mm -hmm. and jaw dropping like who would have thought to see like an all queer fucking skate film come out yeah for sure yeah you know dudes like Chandler who's skating in like drag as yeah Titus. Chandler Burton right? and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, me and Chandler like are like quite friendly on on Instagram and oh, he's, he's gonna be one of our stories for the LA episode he's oh gonna, nice uh, yeah 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 cool I want him to put me into a Titus drag and we're gonna go skate through LA together <laughs> I like just to even see like trans owned skate companies and queer owned straight like queer owned skate companies <laughs> is uh probably i don't know i'm just so happy that i'm around and alive to see it happen yeah because now that like the visibility is there and visibility is key in these situations absolutely yeah now that the vis vis visibility is there you'll see the level of skating go through the roof when it comes down to like queer skateboarding you know it's like it's still a very like new thing so it's now given a lot of younger queer people the reason to want to pick up a skateboard and get good at it yeah and it's like i don't know i'm just like it's hard for me to put into words it makes you happy basically yeah it makes me really 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 happy mm -hmm. and um i'm gonna go meet jeff chang and all the their skateboard community while i'm in la cool or on the west coast and then i'm doing a story on glue skateboards on the east coast oh as yeah, well yeah, with yeah. leo and them awesome so i'll be able to give you a better answer if we do this again yeah yeah like oh we should do a round months. two after after you're I'm done, keen, you're done traveling yeah yeah i'm keen quinton it'll be a little uh, little catch up catch up and a wrap up absolutely <laughs> So I was going to ask you what's what's next, but I mean you you pretty much answered it. You're going to be traveling a lot. Um, oh, and also just one question that I kind of had was uh, what's a kind of a regular day in your life? What does it look like? Are you skating every day? I know that you're into fashion, into music, that you DJ <laughs> yeah. a bit here and there. So what's a regular day? What does it look like for you? I wake up at like seven thirty, and my dog, my dog Charlie, and my other dog Chips, they wake me up and they go, "Let's go walk." So <laughs> walk down the road, half asleep with my dogs, and I watch this like it's one of my best things. It's like my my morning walks with with my dogs. It's like the most grounding thing. Okay, I get to like think about what I want to like accomplish in that day. Set your goals, kind of. It's usually call my filmer. Are you skating today? Are you not skating today? If not, then I'll work on my next radio show. So I've been doing radio shows with a radio station here called The Other Radio. Mm -hmm. So it's been so nice to dive back into like the sound engineering side of things that I like studied ages ago, but I kind of left behind. Yeah. So I'm like rekindling these like loves that I had, which is like also like animation and illustration. So I've been doing a lot of art lately. So if I'm not skating, I'm usually doing still lives or illustrating at home. Okay. And it's something I want to dive into soon, which is more creative directing. So I um, shot a short film a month ago. Okay. Oh, nice. With a friend, which involves two really buff guys in jock straps. <laughs> and me throwing all my belongings into a wood chipper in this like garden. <laughs> okay. Uh, I tried to sell it to Vans. They didn't want anything to do with it. And I, I, I don't blame them. <laughs> 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 it's fucking weird, but it's like definitely my brand. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, so like, I think next for me is like, I just want to like dive into creative directing and art and I'm trying to amalgamate all the things that I'm good at into one place, which essentially ro revolves around skateboarding, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because for me, that's like been the ultimate release of energy. Yeah. So now I'm trying to like... It all started there. Navigate. Yeah. So now I'm trying to navigate this world that I'm like now so deep embedded into and I'm trying to use all these other worlds that I'm now embedded into and I want to like amalgamate all of them into something that I can start like calling my own and being proud of. Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah. All right, so I have questions from friends of yours that I'm going to have you, that I'm going to share with you. Nice. But just one, one question that I try to finish my interviews before that is, uh, is just kind of what's the most valuable lesson that you feel like you've learned from skateboarding throughout your life? For me, skateboarding has taught me to treat others with kindness. 
when it comes down to is like no matter where you come from your background your class status or you know your race or whatever i feel like it was a really early lesson that i was that i was taught from skateboarding which was like level out like set your fucking ego aside set how much money you make aside it's about like right now it's about today and it's about the people that surround you yeah and i think that's was something that i've like carried with me throughout my life which is like open heart give anyone the benefit of the doubt and just like roll with it say yes have fun yeah everyone's welcome i think that's that that's my lesson from skateboarding <laughs> yeah amazing so let, let's do the friend's question. So, all right, this very first one, I won't tell you who it is. He says, what do you eat to look so awesome? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Lots of dick. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, apart, apart from that. <laughs> apart from that. Um, so I balance it out quite a bit. Oh, fuck, like, how do I answer this without sounding like pompous? Um, so I um, try eat as healthy as possible for breakfast and lunch, and then you can do whatever the fuck you want for dinner. Yeah, that's a good uh, good way of looking at it. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any idea who might have asked that? or? I have no idea. There's no ways. Um, I'll just tell you who it is. It's Alex Forbes. <laughs> Alex Forbes from Vans. <laughs> Love you, Alex. Thanks for the question. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I'll have you listen to this one. Let's see. Jan, baby, it's Osh. Uh, two questions for you. One, you're a deep guy. You travel a lot. What's your craziest story from the road? And two, who's your style icon? Because you're mine. Oh, oh <laughs> those are two hectic ones. Osh, damn. Okay, craziest traveling story. I don't want to repeat myself because there's, there's this one party story from Berlin that we'll have to rekindle some other time. But I guess a good one is like Helsinki. So went to Helsinki for the first time just before COVID happened, like 2019. Okay. And we're like strolling to the city and, a f and one of my friends goes, hey, have you seen this before? And it's a tail drop off this bridge into this bank that goes straight into the water, into one of the canals. Okay. But it's big. It's like big and scary. And they're like, we've taken so many dudes here, but no one's ever done it. And I made the mistake of going, I mean, if someone lent me the skateboard, I'd probably do it. Mm -hmm. And as I say that, someone hands their skateboard to my <laughs> hand and I'm like, oh, okay. So I guess I'm jumping off this bridge today. <laughs> So I stripped down naked and we tie a shoelace around my ankle and around the board. So it was like a leash. So I okay. used the skateboard in the canal. And I'm like, I think I'm in like boxer shorts. And I'm just like standing on this bridge, like on the, on the precipice of, this, of the abyss, like okay. looking into this thing. And like, if you did it wrong, like you, you can't kick out. Like if I kicked out, I would have hurt myself really badly. So it's like a one go kind of thing. And it got really quiet like very quiet because there were about 20 people that have been waiting like for years just like to have someone do this <laughs> so and I'm just standing there and I, I swear I could like hear birds like two kilometers away like and I was just like <laughs> took a deep breath and just like did it and it all worked out and I'll never forget like finding the board in the water and like coming up from the water and everyone just screaming like <laughs> like uh, that's one of them okay but I guess that, that doesn't answer the question because it's not the, it's crazy. It's not my craziest one. No, it's a cool one though. Yeah, yeah. And he, he asked, uh, what, who's like your style icon? Style icon. Man, that's tricky. Because I, I, draw, I draw a lot of inspiration from a lot of different people for different reasons. At this point in time, it's such a tricky question. Well, you, you mentioned earlier uh, among skaters, you mentioned Ali and um, Corey yeah, like, and... But it's funny because like that's who inspired me back then. Right, right, right. But now I don't think I don't think I look outwardly necessarily at people for my inspiration anymore. I think it's actually like my surroundings and my emotions that day and uh, how I'm feeling. So my style changes a lot. Mm -hmm. And that usually depicts on like how I'm feeling. So if I'm like dressing really colorful and really out there, it means I'm in a good space. And the less color I'm wearing is usually like when I'm like not as... Uh... Yeah, feeling as hyped or... yeah. Yes, exactly. So I couldn't say that like I could say someone is my style icon. I could say that I meet people day to day that could inspire me to then express myself and do a certain thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let me pull out this other question. Maybe Little Dog's question. 
Oh, what? <laughs> How much skating does the boy have left? We see lots of pros in the States going till they're 40. The Hawkinator started to cry and give up on the vert ramp when he was 55. Is Jan going to bless us with 10 more years of fucking hammers and hard knocks? Because the people want it. Little dog! <laughs> Mark McCulloch, to answer your question, I am going to skate until my knees stop working. <laughs> so I don't know when that is. You know, the meteor is coming, the earth is dying. So maybe, maybe the earth will stop turning before I stop skateboarding. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sick. All right. Uh, let's see. You. What's up, Jan? Um, I'm supposed to be asking a question. I don't know if you guys spoke about this one already, but uh, I want to know how do you come up with these crazy fucking illustrations of yours? <laughs> Those are wild, bro. And I'd want to know where it comes from. <laughs> and also, why didn't you fucking put that shit on a t shirt, dude? That's my other question. <laughs> when are you going to put them? On a t-shirt, because I want to wear it. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Justice. So, my inspiration for my illustrations comes from, like, really cliche things in gay culture, which revolves around, like, fetish gear, poppers, lube, dildos, anal sex. Mm -hmm. But then I also try to amalgamate that with mundane things, which will be, like, the classic idea of a still life, which is flowers and a table and okay. a window. So from afar, it looks very PG and very innocent. But the closer you look at it, the more you realize it's actually a little bit perverted. Okay. So I guess it just comes from the idea of like, it's almost like taking the piss out of like both things. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so like that's where like, that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from with my illustrations. Like there's like a lot of characters that I've been like drawing from a young age that have like, kind of stuck with me. So like, I like to draw fire. Because I like the idea of gay hell. Because, like, <laughs> when you're younger, you're always told that, like, gay people are evil or gay people are bad. Mm -hmm. So I was like, do you know what? If, like, you consider us those kind of people, then surely there's a gay hell and there's a straight hell. And I feel like gay hell's a lot more fun. <laughs> I'm sure it is. So <laughs> the flames that I draw are, like, this depiction of, like... It's like a fuck you to society because it's like, do you know what? Like, if you want me to burn in hell, I'll happily fucking burn in hell. As long as it's gay hell. Yeah, as long as it's gay hell. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, Ryder Django actually shared a few written questions. Oh, cool. One question that was pretty funny was, what makes you want to go fakey all the time? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first off, uh, I need to give you a background with, with Ryder. Okay. He was one of my first filmers ever. So, you know, like every skate crew growing up has that filmer. Like there's the skaters and then there's like the one kid that decides to buy the camera. Mm -hmm. And Ryder's that dude. Like we've known each other since we were like tiny. And fuck you for this question, Ryder, because it's yeah. so silly. <laughs> I don't know. I just tend to feel more comfortable landing in a trick fakie. And somehow it's worked because I can go into any gnarly transition fakie. I'd rather like back when I a massive set of stairs and ollie it. Oh, really? I mean, it's a cliche question, but I've got like a really good ass. So maybe <laughs> by going fakie, it gives more people a reason to like be able to check it out. <laughs> That's a really good <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, this question is from uh, Melissa Williams. So she asked, what is the most challenging part about being a skateboarder in South Africa for you? And on the flip side of that, what is the best part? Worst part is being very disconnected from the rest of the world. We're very far away from everything. Mm -hmm. you know, if you had to look like geographically, we're like as far away from Europe as we are from America, as we are from Australia. And our currency is horrible. So when I travel, I'll save up a lot of money and that money turns into very little when I'm in oh, Europe yeah, yeah, or when yeah. I'm in the States. Mm -hmm. So I think a big aspect of it is for me, how expensive it is to travel from here. Okay. Because it's all we ever want to do, you know. Anyone ever wants to, like, you know, being from Europe, you can be in a different country by driving two hours in one direction. Right, right, yeah. We could do the same here, but, you know, I don't think we're getting... We're not going to get the same kind of spots in Botswana or Zimbabwe or, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's my downside. One of the best things is that if you grew up skateboarding in South Africa, you can skate anywhere in the world. Yeah. 
because you get used to uh, having difficult to adapt conditions, to difficult yeah. spots, and it's one of the best things that I ever realized. Because now, like, I'll go to a European city, and I'm like, please take me to all the crusty spots. I'm like, I want all the weirdest like street Chinese and the stuff that's really hard to skate because that's what I've been brought up on, and that's what I actually enjoy yeah. skating. So um, that's my upside. Is that like we're actually very lucky in a sense that like. A perfect spot to us is a really crappy spot to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this question is from his uh, Instagram handle is Peter Streets. His name's Peter Retief. Also a really good friend of mine. Yeah. Okay. So he said, background, we went on a skate trip to Johannesburg. After the trip, we called the edit everything but the money. <laughs> but <Why>? is spelled <laughs> with two T's. Yes. And he says, people said, but is spelled wrong, or is it? Please, can you give us some background as to why this oh. was the name of the film? Because it was never publicly <laughs> revealed. <laughs> okay, so, hi, Peter. We're on this trip, and this guy ends up stealing money from me. Like, we're out at this club, and he stole about 600 rand from me. And at this point in time, even though we're young, 600 rand is a lot of money. And I knew exactly who it was. So I find this guy like outside the club and I get him into a headlock, you know, oh, like yeah. a friendly headlock, a friendly mm-hmm. one. And I'm going, hey, dude, I thought we were friends. Where's my fucking money? And he's like, oh, young, don't be like that. I don't have your money. And so I like take him to like the, like off the road. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where's my fucking money? You know, so it's getting serious. And now I have a few friends around me and now they start like, trying to get him onto the floor so we can see if we can check his pockets for my money. Okay. And he starts screaming my name. Yeah, no, yeah. And I'm like, don't you fucking call my name. You're not my friend anymore. And Peter is like, it's probably in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so we pull his pants down and Peter like checks and my 600 rand is rolled up perfectly in between his two butt cheeks. No way. <laughs> oh shit. And he, he pulls it out and he goes, I got it. And like, <laughs> as he says this, our Uber arrives and I slap him. Bah! And we just like get into the Uber and go off. And like, that's pretty much why the edit was called anything but the money. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I just like, I had wow. to like teach this guy a lesson. I was like, no, I'm not, kidding. I'm not letting this guy get away with it. And he kept like, he kept telling us, he was like, no, my friend, I gave it to my friend. I gave it to my friend. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, thank you, Peter, for being brave enough to stick your hand up that man's pants. Cause I wouldn't have. He was filthy. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. This next question is from uh, Adrian Day, and I think you saw him earlier today. Actually, I saw him today. Uh, yeah, I had, like I had a beer with him. It was really nice. So he said, "Skateboarding is just one of your interests, albeit the primary one. You don't seem too interested in being in the skateboarding industry, so to speak. You have art and fashion swirling around you as well that are clear passions. Do you think you'd pursue a career in the skateboarding industry, or are you too smart? What do you see yourself <laughs> doing when you're 40 years old?" <laughs> When I'm 40 years old, okay, so I think art's a big, you know, like fashion just comes with it. So I think, I think I just like to wear whatever, whatever I want. Yeah. I don't like to be like, I don't know, put into a box when it comes down to like why I should be like dressing like a skater. I feel like skating is its own thing. It's a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Where fashion, I feel like, starts a conversation with eyes and color and... But what I really want to be doing when I'm 40 years old is I want to have a property somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And I want to have a studio and I want to like be able to like just create art and make money off of it. Mm-hmm. And make enough money to like feed my loved ones, my boyfriends and my dogs. And have people come visit me and probably have like a bowl and some kind of ramp on this property. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, I feel like independence at 40 years old would be, would be really cool. I think that's what I want. All right. Sure. Let's see. Oh, I have another audio question. Uh, last one and then <laughs> our last written the one. The audio questions are so funny. <laughs> the last one nearly killed me. <laughs> well, Jan, I hope it's going good there. You bet. So I've got a little question for you. Um, I hope no one's asked this yet. So... You've been in the South African skate scene in the spotlight for close to two decades. You've graced the cover of European magazines, you've spent some time in Barcelona, you've lived in the UK, and you always come back to South Africa. And so my question is, what would you say sets the South African skate scene apart from everything else that you've experienced? Anyway, hope it goes good there. I'm off to go watch a metal band. 
Cool, that's a really good question. Also, that's your bad one. Starting shout out. Yep. Like, any, like anyone that's like asking these questions are like really really important and like good people in my life so thank you mm-hmm. putting mm-hmm. such a big smile on my face <laughs> cool if you bad to answer your question i think it's like spirit man like i think south africans have a different way of like looking at the world i think from like where we come from you know it's a really intense intense environment mm-hmm. so i think like we have this like drive it's this drive to just like keep moving. You know, you can't stop. I think what sets us aside is that we can skate any spot you take us to and we're resilient and we're hardworking and we're just lots of fun. I think like to grow up in a place like this, you have to learn how to like take the piss out of like certain things and laugh mm-hmm. at it. And that's what we're really good at, you know, like taking, bringing light into spaces whenever we can. And I think that's what yeah, this yeah, yeah. African scene is really, really, really good at. All right, so I have a last question, but it's kind of, there's a bunch of questions from Sam McGuire. So I, I can't ask you about all you of these. You can't do all of them. Okay, yeah. cool. Classic fucking Sam move. No, but I, I'm super grateful that he shared so much. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I can't ask you all of these. But uh, I'll just ask you a few of them that I thought were funny. Um, okay, so ask him to finish this sentence. Pussy, puss, puss, give them. <laughs> I'm not saying this right, probably, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you hear me okay? <laughs> yes, you got it. You got it right. Okay. Pussy, puss, puss, give them cunt, cunt, cunt. <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classy. <laughs> okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sam Maguire. <laughs> I'm going to get red flag on my podcast or something. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> think so. No, I think it's all I think, uh, I think. I think all your gay listeners will very much appreciate that one. It's uh, a line from a Todrick song. It's become this like gay phenomenon. Okay. The song. I'll send you a link to it and it'll make more sense. Okay, okay. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> and then pussy, puss, puss, and a cunt, cunt, cunt. I'm pretty sure there's lyrics. If I get it wrong, Sam, I'm sorry. I'm not a bad gay, I promise. <laughs> All right, this one is also a funny one. Ask him why he's such a stupid slut and a sloppy bottle. <laughs> and when I read that, I was like, wow. Okay, that's pretty <laughs> Okay, really, so you gotta, you gotta realize, like, mine and Sam's relationship is like, you know, like, I look up to him a lot, and he looks up to me a lot, <laughs> so we really aren't afraid to just take, the, like, take the piss out of each other. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, evidently, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the answer, I learned from the best. I learned from you, Sam. <laughs> like, how else I learned how to be such a fucking horrible whore. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> Alright, so let's see. Okay, so we can finish with this one. He said, uh, lastly, finish this sentence. If you can't love yourself. How in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? Quote, unquote, RuPaul, gay Jesus. Oh, okay. That's from, okay. <laughs> that's yeah. from uh, Drag Race, right? Okay. That, yeah, that's from Drag Race. Also, okay, okay. like whoever's reading this interview or he listening to this podcast, Drag Race España has it going on. Season two, watch this shit. It's mind-blowing and it'll inspire the shit out of you. Actually, I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> Perfect. All right, well, thank you so much, Jan. I really appreciate it. It was super, super uh, cool That was talking really to special. You. Like, I... I feel like it's really cool that you got to reach out to like my friends and they were almost part of this as well and you did a really good job. You asked all the right questions. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much, Quinton. And thank you to your friends for all the questions as well. I was I was I'm uh, gonna I'm literally I'm gonna message them straight after this. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for my conversation with Yann Xavier. You can follow him on Instagram at Horrorblitz for a nice daily dose of hilarious memes. If you haven't seen it already, go watch the Pride video in collaboration with Vans and Skatism from a couple of years ago. Also, go watch seasons 1 and 2 of Jan's TV show A Simple Path on Inside TV. A few episodes are also available on YouTube. And keep your eyes open for seasons 3 and 4 coming soon. Thank you for tuning in. See you soon for a new episode of Beyond Boards. Beyond Boards.